Welcome, everybody. Welcome. A new edition of the Maps Moneyball Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. And ladies and gentlemen, we are one day away from the start of Mavs Media Days. Yes, the unofficial start of the 2019-2020 season comes tomorrow, Monday, September 30th, at the American Airlines Center, where the team will convene for the first time, donning the uniforms for the first time. And we get to hear from some of the new Mavs or some of the returning Mavs for the first time, guys like Kristaps Porzingis, guys like Seth Curry. Uh, I don't know if you want to hear from Udai Baba or Antonius Cleveland, but those guys will be available as well. And it's 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 just nice to know that basketball is just around the corner. We're nine days away from the first preseason game. When the Mavs go on the road to Tulsa to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at the box center. And then they head to Detroit to take on the Pistons. And then they are at home against Milwaukee and Oklahoma City before flying out to Vancouver to round out the preseason against the L.A. Clippers. So there, that's the that's the schedule for the next two, three weeks or so before the Mavs open against the Washington Wizards on October 23rd. And a cool thing about Media Day tomorrow, it begins at 11.30 at the American Airlines Center. And you can actually watch this on live stream on Mavs.com. Mark Followell and some guy named Chuck Cooperstein will uh, be visiting with players and coaches throughout the day. And you can just go to the Mavs.com homepage and it'll be right there and you'll be able to see it. So for all you fans wanting to get your first look at the new look Mavs, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, a couple of things I'm really looking forward to at Media Day is getting to, first of all, getting to see Kristaps Porzingis in a Mavs jersey live for the first time, which will just be awesome. Uh, especially with the way he worked out this summer, he's going to be looking like a Greek god in that uniform. So I'm really excited to see that and uh, to see what he has to say to the media after um, an interesting summer on his part. He had some altercations and some... Uh, some issues. I wouldn't even call them issues, but some incidents off the court. And we'll see what we'll see what he has to say about that. And we'll see what he has to say about playing with Luca and playing with the maps for the first time and what he sees himself as and how he sees himself fitting in Rick Carlisle's offense and defense for that matter. Because I think he's going to be a big part of this defense as a shot blocker and as a rebounder. He hasn't been a great rebounder in his career, but for the Mavs to be a decent defensive team, he's going to have to improve those rebound numbers. I believe he was about seven and a half or so for his career. The Mavs probably need him around nine, nine and a half uh, to, for them to be a successful team. And I'm interested to see what Luca has to say about playing with Porzingis. Obviously, Luca is pretty quiet when it comes to talking to the media, but I think uh, he'll... I think he'll light up when talking about Porzingis because those two are obviously the cornerstones of the franchise that the Mavs are going to be building around for the next few years. And they have Kristaps for the next five years at least. And then Luca, who knows when he'll get his big contract, but it's it's coming. And the Mavs are going to have those guys locked up for years to come. So this is obviously a big season for the Mavs because they, they have to build on, on this momentum they gained throughout the offseason, even though they did have a quiet offseason. But the way I look at it, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, I think Porzingis is their big big offseason acquisition, and I'll buy that. And we, we, we just have to go see it on the court on October 23rd against the Wizards at home. Another guy I'm pumped to see back with the Mavs is Seth Curry, who signed that four-year, $32 million deal in the offseason with, with the Mavs. They wanted to bring him back last offseason, but they couldn't figure out. They just they thought it wasn't in their best interest. And as it turned out, Seth found a great situation in Portland where they made it to the Western Conference Finals. And he was a pretty big, big role coming off the bench there. And so I think he'll have an even bigger role on the Mavs and because they needed a shooter like a fish needed water. And Seth Curry is a knockdown three-point shooter. Obviously, with a name like Curry, you're going to be a knockdown three-point shooter. So the Mavs found themselves a good... Um, a good bench score that they're going to need 
they're going to need minutes out of. I, I think he'll end up playing 22 to 24 minutes a game. And I'm interested to see why he decided he wanted to come back to Dallas because I, I think he really liked it here the first time and never really wanted to leave, but it just didn't work out last offseason. And Seth is a really good guy. He's really fun to talk to. And I'm glad that he came back because it, it adds another another good guy to talk to in this locker room. And there aren't not that there are any bad ones, but he's another guy I'm definitely looking forward to talking to. And and the the other guy I really, really actually want to talk to is Justin Jackson. He came on at the end of last year when the Mavs traded Harrison Barnes and got the contract of Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson back at the deadline. And I, I think Jackson is going to end up being a starter for this team. He's going to end up being the starting small forward, a role he hasn't played in the NBA thus far. But I you obviously see the talent. He can he can guard, he can shoot the three. He's they list him at 6'8". I think he's a little taller than that. And with the NBA changing the rule on listing your heights, I think you'll see Justin Jackson a little more taller. And I think, obviously, you'll see J.J. Bray a little bit shorter because I think I'm taller than J.J. Bray and I'm about 5'9 and a half. So we'll see on that. But I think Justin Jackson will be will end, will start out at, out of the gate as, as the starting small forward for this team. And obviously, the Mavs will tinker with lineups as they see fit. Uh, you can move Jalen Brunson in there. You can move Curry in there. Maybe even Brea. Um Hardaway, etc. They have they have lineup options, and I think that's another important factor that in, in this season is they'll have options to be able to do what they want against a particular team. If they think a lineup, uh, three guard lineup is more suitable against a team one night, and they think a big lineup's more suitable the other night, they now have the pieces that where they where they're able to do that, especially with the versatility of a guy like Luca and Porzingis. Porzingis can play both the four and the five, and basically you can put Luca at the one through the three if you really need to, because but you know Luca's bringing up the ball anyways. So it's one of those deals where the guys they sign they might not have been the superstars you were looking for, but they're guys who allow the Mavs to have a lot more versatility coming out of the gate, and that's something good teams all have. I mean, look at the Bucks. You look at the NBA champion Toronto Raptors. You look at the Warriors. They all have great versatile players who are able to play multiple positions on both offense and defense. And that's something I've always looked at when building a team is I think positionless basketball is the way you need to be playing nowadays. And it's it's what the Mavs are trying to build, and I'm a fan of that. There are three more guys that I really want to talk to at Media Days tomorrow. Two of them are in very similar points in their careers. That's Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell, who both just signed their second contracts this offseason with the Mavs. Dwight Powell, three years, 33 million. Maxi Kleba, four years, 36 million. And those are two guys that the Mavs are going to need to rely on because they're the ones that are going to have to end up being the physical guys who are the ones that are going down in the post and defending the other team's most physical offensive player and they're going to be the ones that are going to be boxing out for most of the rebounds and and pushing the ball up the court with the outlet passes and whatnot so Powell and Kleber are going to be two important parts of this team and I'm not sure who I I think Powell will end up being the starting five but I could see Kleba spelling him a couple games in the lineup um either way they're both going to play the same amount of minutes I believe so I don't know if if one doesn't if you designate one as the starter and one as the bench player other than the fact that that's where they are in the lineup, I don't think there will be much distinction between the two uh, because they're, they both obviously offer different skill sets. Maxi is a much better shooter than Powell, but Powell is more athletic and can do different things on a pick and roll and do different things on defense as well. So while they're different players, they're in very similar points in their career and they serve sim- they're going to end up serving similar roles uh, for the Mavericks going forward. And then the last guy I obviously want to talk to is the legend Boban Marjanovic. Boban is a is a movie star of all, and he's an absolute hilarious follow on Twitter and Instagram if you don't follow him already. And he's just a super entertaining guy, and I think he'll actually be able to help the Mavs. He's going to serve the solid measure role where if the Mavs are playing 
playing a bigger team with with a dominant center, a guy like Nikola Jokic, that's a game where Boban Marjanovic can play 15 minutes a game and be very productive doing it. He he doesn't play that often because he's so big and, and just doesn't have the stamina to do it. But when he plays, he's actually a very productive player. And while you can you can laugh at the Mavs for signing him because he's a he's a clown, quote unquote, a clown off the court. He actually does do some productive things with the basketball. And I think the Mavs will be able to use him. Um, he, he's not going to play in 82 games. Maybe he'll play in 65 games. Or maybe he'll play in 55 games, but he he's a valuable piece of this team, and so I think the Mavs really did make some value signings this offseason. Whether you whether you don't, I mean, they obviously didn't get that superstar that you, everyone wanted them to get that I wanted them to get. But I think when you look at it, they made some value signings, and they and they made themselves better, and they'll be and their win their win total from 33 is going to improve. How much it'll improve remains to be seen, and I'll do you know I'll do a season prediction prediction show coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, but I think that there's there's definitely room for excitement and there's room to be uh, there's room for growth. And it's it's going to be an exciting season in Dallas. I think another interesting dynamic about this team is that they're they're very close knit. You know, they went on that trip to Miami. Uh, all these guys are pretty close in age. You have Porzingis at 23, you have Luke, Luca at 20 and you have Brunson at 22. And, you know, the core of the team is is all very similar in age and I think that's something you can't understate is is a close-knit locker room because you look at locker rooms around the league who are, are always having these problems and those are the teams that don't end up winning and so I think obviously the Mavs aren't going to win anything in the next year maybe even two but they you know it's a start is a close-knit locker room and you need to have guys who will play for each other and especially guys who will play for the coach and I think that's something that the Mavs really do have is finally a, t- a unit where guys aren't looking to get theirs, guys aren't looking, guys aren't selfish, and g- they're going to play for each other, which is something that, that like I said, it cannot be understated more because you need a close-knit locker room to be able to win in this league. And I think, you know, Porzingis and Luca will be the leaders of that group because they're the ones who are, they're probably closest to each other because of, you know, the obvious connections, the Euro League, the Spanish-speaking languages and whatnot. So, when your two best players are going to be your two leaders, hopefully in the locker room, we'll see how it, you know, obviously we don't know what Porzingis is yet because we haven't seen him, but we know what Luca is and hopefully he'll be able to become a more vocal presence in the locker room and Porzingis will too. And that, that sets the foundation because obviously when you, the Mavs had Dirk, he was the one that was the vocal leader and, you know, he was able to keep the team together and the 2011 team was one of the most close knit teams the Mavs ever had and look what happened. So that's what they're trying to replicate here is just a group that a group that is very cohesive and moves as one. And that's absolute key into building a successful basketball team. All right, real quick before we get out of here, I wanted to give you the top five Twitter followers on the Dallas Mavericks team. Number five, Boban Marjanovic at Boban Marjanovic, if you don't know how to spell it, B-O-B-A-N. M-A-R-J-A-N-O-V-I-C. Boban's a hilarious dude. He was in John Wick 3, and he's he knows how big he is, and he's a he's an absolute jokester. His most recent tweet was, I got my horses in the back, dot, 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 at Lil Nas X. And it's a picture of him in an American flag shirt, a cowboy hat, cowboy jeans, and cowboy boots. It doesn't get pretty, it doesn't get funnier than Boban on Twitter, and he, he you know he's up there with he's very underrated on Twitter because he, you know he doesn't speak great English, and whenever you imagine these guys talking in their in their European accents, it makes it even funnier. So I'll have Boban at number five. Um, 
give me Jalen Brunson at number four. Brunson is known for poking fun at teammates, especially Luca. He loves poking fun at Luca for his big head and lo- loves uh he loves making fun of him in the locker room as well. They talk trash about who's better at FIFA and who's better at this and that. And so I think Brunson is definitely number four. And then we'll go with we'll go with Porzingis at K Porzi at number three. He's also pretty funny. He's he's a guy who likes to joke around on social media, and that goes back to the age group because obviously these guys these guys are my age, which is crazy to think about. I'm 23, and these guys are around 23. Um, so they're they're social media savvy, and they you know they're with the uh, they're with the trends in social media. So I'll put Porzingis at number three, and I'll go Luca at number two because he's obviously he's the Mavs cornerstone even more so than Porzingis, and he's a dude that. That that is very popular in NBA media circles for good or bad. He sparks a lot of debate on Twitter. Not him, but his name. He sparks a lot of debate on Twitter. You know the Trey Young stuff earlier and whatnot. Um, but Luke is a pretty funny guy on Twitter as well. He likes to make fun of people. He likes to he likes to joke around and have a good time on the internet. And the number one, even though he's retired. The number one undisputed Twitter king of not even Mavsland, but the universe of the world is Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk is the best guy on Twitter to follow whatsoever. You can even follow him on Instagram as well, and he's always cracking jokes about himself more often than not. And I think that's awesome is the humility from from such a legend is something that you don't see very often. You don't see guys like Michael Jordan making fun of themselves for not having it uh, athletically anymore. Michael Jordan probably still does have it, but I digress. Um Yes, follow Dirk on Twitter if you don't already. If you're a Mavs fan and you don't follow Dirk, what are you doing? So go give Dirk a follow. Those are my top five followers uh, for Mavs Twitter. And that will do it for the Mavs Moneyball Radio podcast. I've been your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. You can listen anywhere you find your podcast on Apple, Google Play, um, Stitcher, and wherever else you like your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Coop 27. You can follow Mavs Moneyball on Twitter at Mavs Moneyball. Um, yeah, give them a follow. You'll you'll see some interesting content tomorrow for Media Day. And if you have any questions you want me to ask anybody at Media Day, please give me a shout on Twitter and I'll try to ask those guys and get you an answer for next week's podcast. So there will be a podcast next week. I have been your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein, and that will do it for the Math Moneyball Radio Podcast. See you next week.